As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, we just saw the 2019 NFC champion 49ers play a game in the 2020 season. I think it comes down to that. 24-16, 49ers beat the Rams. Mind you, the Rams that were leading the NFL in both pass offense and pass defense efficiency metrics entering this game. So this was a formidable opponent. You know, I, I don't care if the Rams had played a weaker schedule. They, they still were getting the job done through five weeks. But the 49ers, just like they did in week six last season, went there and, and, and they stifled the Rams and, and they methodically beat the Rams. Now, they did it in a different way than week six last year because their defensive line is not nearly as strong, obviously. So they did it with coverage on the defensive end. But on the offensive end, Boy, they went back to all the basics that we've been saying they need to go back to on this podcast. 37 rush attempts, just pounding their way on the ground to set up the pass game and to neutralize Aaron Donald. I mean, if you had to have a formula, they they followed it to a T. They dropped a couple passes, so the offensive performance probably wasn't as pretty on the box score as it could have been, but boy, was it effective today. That's why they won this game by eight points, and that's why by the end of it, Debo Samuel was running over the Rams, and Mike McGlinchey, you could tell it meant a lot to the offensive line because it had been a much maligned offensive line, but McGlinchey started headbutting Hronis Grosu there at the end. The emotion just poured out. Because, Matt, the 49ers found themselves again. That, that team that won the NFC Championship last year, they showed up today. They found that grit. They found that metal to be able to find a way to get it done against what I thought was a quality opponent. Yeah, this was a grit and metal game. And I'm glad you uh, opened with uh, describing them as the, the 2019 NFC champions. Um, in, in that NFC Championship game, they ran the ball 42 times uh, against the Packers. They ran the ball 37 times, not quite as much, but it was that uh, that feel, that sort of uh, uh, type of game. And even the the passes uh, felt like runs. I mean, some of these little tosses to uh, Debo Samuel only only traveled a matter of inches. So they were uh, in effect uh, runs, and uh, you could just tell. You know, George Kittle was loving it. Uh, you you pointed to Mike McClinchy, talk about kind of getting a monkey off your back and 
um, exercising some demons. Uh, you, you saw him doing that. All of the offensive linemen look good. Daniel Brunskill. I mean, we were all sort of uh, fearful for Daniel Brunskill about what was going to happen to him versus Aaron Donald. Well, he played most of the game against Aaron Donald, and Aaron Donald didn't do much at all. He had one QB hit. The, the Rams had zero sacks. So this was a, uh, I, I called it in my story, a reaffirming win for this team. Uh, it shows that despite all of the bad things, all of the injuries, the 49ers just run the ball really well. Everything sort of branches off from that, and they can win. Uh, Dennis, I'm, I'm sure you like that sort of smash-mouth style. What caught your eye in this game? First of all, the San Francisco 49ers came out, and they surprised the heck out of me. I, I, I was very feel, fearful going into this game. I didn't think they could handle that Rams uh, front four. I didn't think uh, the coverage was going to stand up. I didn't think they could get enough pressure on Jared Goff, and they did all the above or enough of it. And they showed me a lot of character tonight. Uh, and you're right, they won the line of scrimmage. And that was that was the key to this football game. Aaron Donald, you like you said, he had that one quarterback uh, hit, and that was it. Uh, in the run game, he was non-existent. In the pass game, he was non-existent. So this whole offensive line, they really stood up. They got a lot of bad press last week. And I love it when players show up and they show out. The game plan was great. Some of the calls that that uh, Kyle Shanahan called were fantastic. Uh, on the defensive side, Robert Sala did a fantastic job with some of his, his blitzes and his coverages, disguising his coverages. But I love it when players show up. And I love it that the San Francisco 49ers, some of these players just showed up. And that's what this team needs moving forward. It's not, it's not going to be about the play or about the coach. It's going to be about the players on the field and making plays. So I was impressed tonight because I don't think any of us thought the 49ers would come out with a W going against the Rams tonight. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. On paper, the 49ers were at a disadvantage in both trenches, right? I mean, offensive line, the Rams were blocking extremely well this year. We talked about how they really had replicated the 49ers formula from last year and the 49ers were struggling and then on the flip side defensive line the 49ers had a talent drain because of the injuries because DeForest Buckner is no longer there and the Rams had Aaron Donald on pace to break Michael Strahan's sack record coming into this game so on paper leg up for the Rams but when this game was played I think it was an awesome combination of both scheme and performance from the 49ers to flip the script and decidedly win in the trenches. I mean, this is the stat that's most impressive to me, and it speaks to how the 49ers were able to scheme the game, just run, 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 quick pass, quick pass, quick pass, or, you know, quick run, whatever those pitches are, they're technically runs, but it's a way to get Aaron Donald and company on their heels. So Aaron Donald can't rush against an anchored offensive line because that's when things go bad. So you keep Aaron Donald and you play the game on your terms, and you keep Aaron Donald chasing you. Right, it, it, you're not you're not there as a sitting duck. You're, you know, moving that offense, moving the point of attack, and this stack from NFL Next Gen Stats because they put 
tracking chips in these players' pads. And because the 49ers and Rams' offenses are so similar with Shanahan and McVay, I think in this game it's a great comparison because both teams on defense are trying to do the same thing. It's a very similar dynamic. It measures the average separation between pass rusher and quarterback. The league average is 4.5 yards per snap. That's how far the pass rusher usually is. Aaron Donald was 4.8 yards away on average from 49ers quarterback at the time of throw today. That's how far they were able to keep Aaron Donald away. Every single 49ers defensive lineman from Deion Jordan to Kerry Hyder to Javon Kinlaw to Eric Armstead was all under the time of Aaron Donald or the, the distance. So Deion Jordan, for example, he was an average of 3.5 yards away from the quarterback per snap. So Deion Jordan had a better game rushing the passer today than Aaron Donald, if you put it in the simplest terms. Now, that happened because of coaching, and that happened because of play. But that's how you win football games. Everything cohesively works together to take the other team's superstar out of the football game, and then everything cohesively works together on your defensive side to make a guy who's decidedly not a superstar and Deion Jordan an effective player. So the 49ers used their chess pieces and won this chess match against Sean McVay and the Rams. Yeah, I thought this was uh, Kyle Shanahan's best game of the season by far, and, and, and maybe one of his best in the last few years, just given all the obstacles that he had to overcome. And it's funny, I mean, the, the 49ers did to the Rams what a lot of teams at least attempted to do to the 49ers last year, which is, you know, short pass, screen. You can't sack the quarterback if he's getting rid of the ball in, you know, 1.9 seconds or whatever it was. So it was a very smart game plan from Shanahan. Garoppolo had a very nice first half, almost perfect first half, but really it was Shanahan who orchestrated that. I thought it was uh, a great one-two combination between the head coach and the quarterback. Last week, the storyline was, oh, Garoppolo was gimpy on his ankle, and he wasn't doing too well, and they had to pull him out of the game at halftime. This week, the attitude was, what ankle? Shanahan didn't give it much mind. Garoppolo pretended that it was a a non-issue. I don't think it's 100% by any stretch, but they had that attitude going into the game, and they had that attitude during it as well. And then Shanahan really protected his quarterback. There just wasn't a lot asked of him because the running game was was working so well. So it was uh, just a kind of a, a brilliant quintessential Kyle Shanahan game. And on the other side of it, um, Dennis, you mentioned it. Jason Verrett had another strong game. I, this is his fourth in a row. And I think he's only allowed something like 20 some odd uh, receiving yards in four games. And it really kind of flipped the script a little bit in that the 49ers pass rush was uh, only okay in this game, but the the defensive backs, the cornerbacks, were really good. Yeah, he is a Pro Bowl caliber player, and and he's finally healthy. What a great find, you know, to get him from San Diego. He's playing at a super high level right now, and Emmanuel Mosley. Last week, there was no coverage. You know, this week, there was nothing but coverage. And Marcel Harris came in, and he played well, too, after Joukowsky went down. So, I mean, this secondary is something you kind of have to take notice to in the offseason as far as the draft or free agency. But they played well today. And we don't know what Richard Sherman's going to – we don't even talk about Richard Sherman anymore. We don't know if it's an Achilles or if it's an ankle or it's something else. But, I mean, what you have on the field tonight, you can work with. And you have a guy who's a veteran, and he showed up. And I think as far as his defensive line goes, I mean – you know, Kerry Hyder Jr., I mean, he's playing really well, too. Eric Armstead had some good plays, and Kinlaw is just getting better uh, the more he gets a chance to go out there and get some reps. So 
tonight, again, I, I'm impressed. I, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I'm going back over this game. I'm thinking about it. And, you know, from the first snap, the way Kyle Shanahan was able to get his, his, his offense confidence, his quarterback confidence with some of these short passes, some of these smoke screens, these jet screens, just to get confidence. And Jimmy Garoppolo got more comfortable as the game went on. Now, my biggest concern is, you know, the run game, we didn't see it in the second half. And, and Raheem was hurt, we found out. So it's going to be interesting to see. But but you get this undrafted free agent from, from Baylor come in, uh, and he runs like he's been in the league for a couple of years. So, you know, it, it just looked good on all, you know, even special teams, you know, blocking a, 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 a extra point. I mean, just it just on all facets, they just look like there's more energy out there. Yeah, that was Deion Jordan who blocked the extra point. Eric Armstead said they had actually been planning on that uh, through practice. They watched film for extra points and field goal attempts too, and they thought that there was an opening there for Deion Jordan to block it, and he was able to block it. Jamichael Hasty, the, the undrafted rookie out of Baylor, I thought that the 49ers run game really lost some of the juice because Jarek McKinnon just doesn't seem to hit the hole fast enough to, to really fit that the outside zone the way Shanahan wants it to. So when they lost Raheem Mostert with the ankle injury, they didn't have that burst with McKinnon. So Shanahan makes, you know, the rather bold move to put the undrafted rookie, inexperienced guy in there. And John Michael Hasty seals that game with, you know, nine carries for, for 37 yards. So, you know, that's one of the many, many positive developments for the 49ers. You guys mentioned the secondary I think in the big picture that's huge you know you look at the gauntlet that they just entered they beat the Rams but what else is happening in this gauntlet the 49ers are playing some great pass offenses right they're playing the Packers they're playing the Seahawks in a couple weeks and to beat these great pass offenses, you either need to have an overpowering pass rush or you need to cover really, really well. Last season, the 49ers cover, uh, rushed really, really well to the point where we weren't even too sure about how well they covered because the rush would just get there so fast when it was at its very best. Well, we know now this year that the rush... It's just not physically possible for the rush to be as strong as it was last year. Down Nick Bosa, down D Ford, down DeForest Buckner, down Ronald Blair. I mean, I, the list just goes on and on. It's, it's kind of ridiculous, to be honest, how many injuries they have. So the, the coverage just by definition this season has to be better. And boy, I thought, it, you know, you talk about Jason Verrett. I thought he was awesome. I thought, you know, I said last week, you're only as good as your worst cornerback. Well, uh, Emmanuel Mosley was their worst cornerback today, but he was pretty good. He gave up the, the big bomb there at the end of Robert Woods. But um, it, uh, other than that, I thought he was physical. He was making plays. I thought Jamar Taylor at Nickelback made a couple nice plays against Cooper Cup in a matchup that people thought Jamar Taylor would lose for sure. I mean, these guys, Matt, were blanket, blanketing the Rams on the back end, even though the pass rush was not overpowering. And to me, in the big picture, that's a huge development because it's hard to see this pass rush getting too much more juice. Maybe you get Ronald Blair back down the road. Maybe you pick up one more guy off the scrap heap but it's not going to be Nick Bosa is not walking through that door this year so the coverage is going to have to make up for it and today was a great sign in that regard for the 49ers yeah yeah we should uh remind people or let people know that uh Ronald Blair uh was supposed to come back this week um that was the the first week that uh the PUP guys can start practicing and be activated well Shanahan dropped a bit of a, a bomb on us on Friday when he said, oh, no, uh, it might not be until weeks 10 through 12. Uh, the reason is because Ronald Blair had a setback in his return from an ACL, something wrong with the uh, initial surgery, which uh, occurred 
not uh, from the 49ers group or from an outside group in Florida. And uh, now Ronald Blair is looking like a November guy, probably at best. Uh, just sort of a reminder of how tricky these ACLs still are. But also that, you know, uh, help is not coming through that door anytime soon. This is, this is what the 49ers have, uh, and they have to make do with it. And, uh, and you're right, it sort of flips that script to, well, maybe now it's the 49ers secondary that has to kind of bail out uh, the, the defensive line, which wasn't getting a lot of pressure on Jared Goff. Jared Goff had a bad game. Cooper Cup had a bad game. Uh, you know, the, the 49ers maybe got a little bit lucky in that regard. Uh, but you see Jason Verrett, and he just seems to gain a little bit more confidence with every game. Uh, now he's not just uh, kind of staying with his guy in coverage like he was in his first couple of games. He's actually making plays on the ball. Um, he had a, a PBU early in the game. It was almost an interception. Just seems like uh, that confidence is growing, and uh, it'll be interesting to see because this team does not have this, this team has 11 cornerbacks in its building. Dennis, only one of them is signed for next season, and it's the, this new guy, Parnell Motley, who's a rookie, undrafted rookie. So that that position group is just totally up for grabs for 2021. Anybody can be on the team next year at that point. It's basically a tryout. And, and right now, Jason Perez is kicking ass in the tryouts. Uh, he seems like the guy that you want to bring back for next season. His ability, first of all, to track the ball, that interception in the end zone, to come off, to come off his man. Uh, and I think Joukowsky said that he, he actually saved him because he lost the ball there and that would have been a touchdown that would have been a that would have been a big play and he was able to kind of come off his man and pick the ball and just his ball skills uh, and his ability to stay in bound so yeah I mean he's a bright spot I mean when you talk about the secondary I mean he he's got to be the guy you say that you know he's the bright spot he's really come around he's contributing you know in the offseason you got to sign a lot of guys and you know the 49ers won't have that much money either I mean with the salary cap so it's going to be interesting kind of what they do, what Kyle sees and what, what John Lynch sees in that, in that secondary. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, let's uh, put some more focus back on Jimmy Garoppolo because that's obviously a huge deal. There was a lot of scrutiny after he was benched at halftime last week, uh, you know, probably mainly due to the health concerns because he obviously wasn't healthy. Definitely looked a lot healthier today. In fact, I thought as the game plan evolved, you know, the 49ers started uh, just by running. Even the passes that were passes on the box score were runs early in the game, those little pitches forward to Debo Samuel. I thought that it was clear that Kyle Shanahan and wanted to take Aaron Donald out of the football game. He did not want his offensive line pass blocking in a standard way against the Rams defensive line, which was the right call. 
because the run was working earlier in the game. But you, eventually, the Rams are going to bring enough guys into the box. They're going to be so aggressive against the run that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to beat them with some throws. And I mean, he did just that. Remember those you know, two laser beams over the middle to Kendrick Bourne, I thought, were passes that showed that his ankle was sufficiently back underneath him. That, that was a throw that he just wasn't making last week with that kind of velocity over the field. But the, I mean, the, 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 the dagger in this game, you know, it was an early dagger, but you know, in the end, that's the one that gave the 49ers command was the touchdown to George Kittle. And I thought that was such a significant play, Matt, from so many different angles. The big picture being that the 49ers set that up in a two-play sequence. And I thought that showed, you know, you talk about a confidence-building game. I thought that showed a confidence-building you know, approach from Kyle Shanahan. He says, hey, I don't care if we don't get the first down. I don't care if we don't convert on this third and six or whatever it was. I'm calling a two-play sequence, and we're throwing on fourth down and two. He had predetermined that in his head. And then when they did throw, it was cover zero. Rams bring a blitz. And Jimmy Garoppolo, in the face of a collapsing pocket in that blitz, uh, throws a perfect strike, hits George Kittle in stride. He's off to the races for a touchdown. The the importance of that touchdown, you know, within the context I just said, because of the confidence that it built, the confidence that it showed Kyle Shanahan had in the passing game, and the fact that it put the 49ers on track to, you know, win this game handily, I thought that was one of the bigger plays of the season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, J- Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe not in the 49ers locker room or in – Kyle Shanahan's eyes, but he was starting to wobble a bit in, in, in the in the eyes of, uh, of fans, outside observers. Um, you know, coming out of the Super Bowl, and it didn't get off to a, a hot start to the season. Uh, he needed this game. I mean, this was not always a pretty game for him, uh, but it was gritty, uh, and he showed his mettle, and especially on that play. I mean, he, he didn't see the end of that play because he got. Uh, walloped by uh, by a, a Rams defender coming right up the middle, uh, but it, it was it was a perfect pass. Um, I thought it was interesting that you know George Kittle has said time and again that uh, you know we, we've got four team captains on offense. The, the defense is struggling right now because of injuries. It's up to us, the guys on offense, and especially those four team captains to lead the way. He said that several times, and on that play. All four of those guys stepped up. Uh, great blocks by uh, Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey on the edges. Uh, a great throw by Kittle. I mean, a great throw by Garoppolo. And then the, the catch and the run by, by Kittle. Uh, so uh, everything worked out the way it should have. I mean, it was almost scripted this way, that those, t- those guys needed to step up to finally start leading the way for this team. And, um, you know, at, at various points, all of them did. Uh, the question moving forward, of course, is can they sustain this? This has sort of been, been an issue with uh, the 49ers is that they get a little bit of momentum uh, and then it goes away. So uh, they've got a big task ahead of them. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a huge storyline this week going back to New England for the first time. Uh, that's the longest trip that they can take uh, to, I think they fly into Rhode Island and then uh, take a bus up to Foxborough. But um, it's, uh, it's a daunting road trip. Uh, and that ought to focus them. Uh, and the trick is to kind of recapture the, the uh, during-the-week focus that they all spoke about. They said that the Thursday practice, Dennis, was the best of the season. And so they sort of saw this coming. 
by by how dialed in everybody was. But uh, this is a uh, this is a big task coming up, even if it's not against Tom Brady. It's still. Bill Belichick, it's still the Patriots. You said it there. It really felt like they were focused. Even that first drive, it just felt like they were focused. And, you know, they've been getting a lot of flack the last two weeks, and and they really showed themselves. And like I said, with the character, they really showed themselves. They came out, and they played, and they were physical. I mean, this offensive line was physical. And I think the play of the game was when when Jimmy Garoppolo kind of tucked the ball Oh, yeah. And got the team down into field goal range, took the hit, jumped up smiling. smiling yep. That showed me a lot there. And, and that showed me that he was kind of saying, put it on my back. I can do it. I can I can carry this team. And that's the attitude you want, especially from your quarterback. You know, that Jimmy Garoppolo play, I agree with you. And doing that huge piece on him from his Eastern Illinois days, he was thrown into the fire early in his college career. And they were terrible back in his freshman and sophomore years. And, and they were playing tight ends at tackle. And he was getting beaten up. And they were playing, you know, they are playing Adrian Claiborne in Iowa, I think, in Jimmy Garoppolo's freshman year. And he just got absolutely trashed. But the one thing that his teammates and his best friends from college all said is the way that he established himself as a leader was that he would just be getting pummeled and he'd come up smiling. He would come up enjoying the abuse. And it was almost like uh, the way they described it, the, the best analogy that everybody agreed on was like he was Tyler Durden from Fight Club when the the, the, the uh, club owner or the bar owner finds him and, and he just starts beating the crap out of him and he's enjoying it and, and he gets the allegiance of everybody because they're like, who the hell is this guy? He's enjoying taking a beating. And uh, for, <laughs> for with Jimmy Garoppolo smiling after that, you know, play, you don't see quarterbacks normally smile after that. That goes back to him being a linebacker when he started his football career in high school or before high school, you know, before they discovered him as a quarterback. And it goes back to that. That's the way that he connects. He's not, you know, the guy that's yelling and screaming like Tom Brady trying to elevate the play on the sideline. That's Tom Brady's way of, of motivating guys. Jimmy Garoppolo is a little bit quieter, I think, with the words, but guys really respect the way that he's able to absorb these beatings physically, and I thought that that kind of came back with that that play. Matt, did you get that same sense that it seemed that the 49ers teammates just really loved that play? It wasn't like, oh, no, you got to slide. You know, a lot of coaches will be begging their quarterback to slide. The 49ers embrace it when Garoppolo does stuff like that, for better or for worse, but I think the better half of it is that they really do get that intangible emotional boost from it yeah he's not a runner uh even when he's healthy and now he's dealing with this ankle injury so to have to see him do that i think was um uh, a great thing especially for the offensive linemen for guys like george kittle who love that sort of blue collar mentality it was a blue collar move really um, and um, I, I keep going back to, to last week. Last week wasn't a great look for Jimmy Garoppolo. I, he couldn't overcome his ankle injury. It was affecting him. He was letting it bother him. Um, and uh, in this game, he wasn't. I mean, it was, it's as simple as that. He kind of just sucked it up and toughed it out, and I think that that run was sort of symbolic of that, of that toughness. I think he won back the team. Uh, or it certainly won back a lot of uh, viewers who were watching on television. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you can overstate it. It was only a six-yard run. It didn't, didn't even pick up a, a first down. It did set up a, uh, 
uh, a Robbie goal field goal. But um, I, I agree with both of you. It was a it was a big moment. Um, even if it was just a, a little play in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, Kyle Shanahan is, has had to talk with him saying, you go ahead and slide next time. Don't <laughs> don't take on with, with your throwing shoulder. I mean, that was his throwing shoulder he took that on. So yeah. showed a lot of grit. But again, I mean, it, it got the team in field goal range to get, you know, Robbie Gold to get that, that three points on the board. Yeah, I think it was necessary one time, and they're happy he's healthy, they're happy he's not hurt. You know, it's never easy to turn around a slog. It, you're going to have to fight, especially when they're as injured as, as they've been. You have to fight tooth and nail. You have these ugliest wins that you need to get. They need to be gritty, as Matt said, as you said, Dennis, and I thought that that really put, put a bow on it, and I think that one play will live with the 49ers in spirit moving forward if if things go the way that they want it to. But I'm sure they don't want them doing that every single down. I think you're right about that. Um, big picture, just to, to wrap this up, you know, that's the first game of the gauntlet. The next one's the Patriots. Then you have the Seahawks on the road. Then you have the Packers. Then you have the Saints. So it's going to get fun. It's going to get interesting. In a weird way, you know, before this whole gauntlet started, I, I was looking at the rankings, looking at how the teams are performing. On paper, the Patriots are the worst of the five teams, and they just lost to Denver at home today. They're two and three. Belichick rarely loses three games in a row. I don't know when the last time that happened was, and that will be the case if the, if Jimmy goes back into New England, and you know this is going to be Garoppolo week, going back to to play his former team, and if and if he leads them to victory, Belichick will lose his third game in a row. So you got to feel that New England is going to be fighting tooth and nail for that not to happen, even if they are weaker this season without that defense, without Brady. Uh, but again, it, it's the this is a long journey. It's a big book with many chapters. It's a novel. And the 49ers have just closed the sixth chapter of that novel. They move on to number seven, and then Russell Wilson's waiting at number eight. A lot of football to be played, but I think in general, Matt, this team... Uh, is showing signs that they can congeal into a product that can seriously contend in the NFC with its balance. Because we talked about good things on both sides of the ball today. And in an overarching sense, that's what's important, I think, in the big picture, that we're talking about a complementary effort. And that's what it's going to take to win the NFC. You can't just be an offensive team. You can't just be a defensive team. You have to be both. And, and I think the 49ers showed signs of life on both sides today. Yeah, on Saturday, I wrote that uh, maybe a, a reasonable look at it, maybe an optimistic look, it seemed optimistic on Saturday, uh, was that maybe this team can get to 5-5 five and five going into their Week 11 Buy. And then during that buy, you get Ronald Blair back. You get Weston Richburg back. You get Jordan Reed, the tight end, back. And then if you're 5-5 five and five at that point, then, um, you know, you uh, have a great December and you sneak into the playoffs as a, as a wildcard team. Uh, they're 3-3 three and three now. So getting to 5-5 five and five in the next four games doesn't seem all that unreasonable. doesn't seem all that far-fetched. So I, I think that's uh, absolutely plausible for this team to do. Um, and if they are there uh, going into their bye, they should, and we keep saying this, uh, and then more injuries happen, but they should get some reinforcements back uh, you know, in early November, mid-November. And um, if they do, then they're in a good spot because they, they know how to run the ball. Uh, they play... Okay defense. Uh, we can't expect uh, lights-out defense from this team anymore, I don't think. 
but they'd be a team that you don't want to play in December, and you certainly don't want to play in January. So uh, I, I think that they should be very proud. Den- Dennis keeps using the word character. I think he's absolutely right. This was a character win, and it bodes well for the rest of the season, and I think that's the big takeaway from this victory over the Rams. Yeah, and you know, I think moving forward, I mean, you, you get on a plane and you, you fly across the country and you play against probably – one of the best coaches to coach in this league. And he's going to try to find your weak spots. And uh, he's going to try to expose it. Uh, he's going to try to run the ball on you. He's going to look at the films, and, and that's what he does. He kind of exploits your weakness. And you, again, I mean, you have to show up again. You can't just have a letdown. Now we, you know, we beat the Rams, uh, and now we can, you know, we can just carry that through. you got to play your best game against Bill Belichick. I mean, that's just the way it is. He's going to figure it out. You know, Cam, if he gets into a rhythm, you can't get after him and you can't get him rattled a little bit. He can hurt you down the line. So you just got to build on this momentum and and keep it going. And whatever focus, like George Kittle said on Thursday, you got to take that the entire week, put it on an airplane and show up again on Sunday. By the way, Jimmy Garoppolo is now 4-0 against the Rams. Goes back to December 2017, the the season-ending victory over the Rams backups, but he got two wins over him last year. I thought he was impressive in both, especially on those two third and 16s late in the week 16 win. And then and then today, Jimmy Garoppolo definitely at least steers back toward the direction of the right track. There was still some shaky stuff. He missed a couple passes. Ball slipped out of his hand. But boy, uh, you cannot say that today was not a step in the right direction for the 49ers. They went out and, and, and they beat the Los Angeles Rams and they and they beat him fairly handily, 24 to 16. So it's going to be fun to break down the film of that game this week and, and to study some Patriots film and uh, talk about Jimmy Garoppolo's return to his original franchise. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, trip down memory lane for him this week. So for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you guys uh, on Wednesday or Thursday during Patriots week. See you later. <laughs>